story began on Christmas Eve when the three got a letter from Mrs. Claus asking for help because Santa had escaped and she needed you to get him back in containment before Christmas Eve ended. You succeeded in doing so, but found out a little too late that there was something else going on. You still don't know exactly what sprung Santa, but in hindsight, if she had wanted to let him loose and then just lose her job that way, she wouldn't have called you. So the entity that was Mrs. Claus disappeared, passing the torch on to Mrs. Stax, who was very, very unhappy about it and not super thrilled about the sheer amount of paperwork she had to do afterwards. Things calmed down for a little bit until Valentine's Day, when there was a strange surge of anger in the town of West Cook, Minnesota. You went to investigate and found the source as being a little cave off of Cupid Lake, where someone had fractured the heart of a decay spirit and put a piece of it in a shrine to Cupid, causing a massive negative feedback loop. Investigating afterwards, you found out that a man had been there couple days before, asking around, ended up last being seen heading towards the lake, and then your mysterious stranger showed up a little bit after you did. Alaric never found her, but Emma briefly caught sight of her, and she left him a note. Because Brian gave me a plot there, and I'm like, yeah, fuck it, why not? <laughs> <laughs> That's what I do! Random plot there, why not? So she left a note I think it was just, she was like apologizing for what happened because he was a little miffed and also a little conflicted about the fact that yes I'm upset that she got the best of us but also damn she cute <laughs> <laughs> and during that fight Alaric had to tap into luck magic and then got in trouble because around the same time that he tapped into that luck magic a creature got awoken that had been dormant for a very long time. And since your coworkers were tying you up with red tape, because some of them are assholes, you had to call in Enoch and Mrs. Stax to go to the casino where this creature was causing chaos. It was a tricky fight when he kept stealing your luck and almost got all of Enoch's in one go. That was fun and kind of scary, and I rolled a six twice because the dice just wanted it to escalate quickly. But you're eventually able to turn his powers against him and then paste him into jelly. And afterwards, when the sweepers were coming to clean up, Enoch found two things that time. One was a notebook he could use to communicate, and the other was a magic siphon that collected all of his luck, which was good, as he would be very screwed for what's about to come. After that... We saw a body-swapped Alaric and Enoch having to face their fears to stop the big bad wolf from killing the Easter Bunny. I love all the face vomit going on right now. There you saw signs of chaos magic, learned a lot about each other that you didn't expect to learn, and found a Janus coin that a while later when Alaric met up with Stax to just get caught up on things, he'd realized not only what it was, but the fact that 
that all accounted for except for one that was stolen a very long time ago. Which led to you realizing that whatever's going on might have been going on for a lot longer than you realize, and the fact that there's ancient chaos magic is not comforting. And while you were talking, Mrs. Stax was asked to go check some stuff out to verify things in the wizard archive, because unbeknownst to her, Enoch was spilling all of the beans about all of his stuff to the sweepers. She's still mad at you about that, I'm pretty sure, for not telling her. <laughs> Just a little bit. I mean, I get her reasons, she's still mad at you about that. <laughs> <laughs> there are reasons. <laughs> And while you were in the archives, it took you a while, but you noticed there was something weird about the archivist who was guiding you around. He introduced himself as Jackson, and you remembered him as Jackson, but you realized that he was a fae. There to basically make copies of your memories and escape with them. And he had been asking you things about the sweepers and about what all you've been up to, why you're researching all these weird topics. That's where you ran into Langley Jacobs, who was another one of the archivists. Alaric sent the archives into an emergency shutdown to make sure the fate didn't escape, and then chaos happened, and you had to relive several bad memories, and it messed with Langley's memories to make them think that the two of you had broken into the archives. You eventually managed to capture the Fae, but Alaric was pretty badly injured, and let's be real, I feel like Adora was very, very, like, fussy and protective over you after that, because she let you into the archives, and what do you mean you almost bled out on the floor? That was also the day that Stux and Alaric found out that the books that help the wizards do some of the more powerful things that they do were all stolen leaving the wizards up a creek without a paddle because the paddle had been stolen by a council member, Edis Octavian, who has gone on sabbatical, and I'm sorry, Alec, you've not been able to find him. You've been hunting and trying, and imagine, like, dividing your time between trying to help keep the wizard world from falling apart because some of that also kept people from noticing magic? Because that gets complicated with how many wizard wizards there are in the world and the fact that some people are still weird about it. So you've been doing that, trying to figure out how to summon the big bad, big bad wolf whenever you want to without um, things going sideways with that. And trying to track down Edist so you can get the books. Alaric's been busy. And while you were doing that... Enoch finally got the meeting that he wanted with someone higher up in the sweepers. Brought Langley and Stax along as you went to meet with Roland Nash, who his family traces back to the founders of the sweepers organization. There are no solid answers on how old the organization is or how exactly it got started. Some of those answers vary. Not many people get to see those records. But his family's been part of it for a long time. At some point, Langley noticed he had an amulet that helped suppress lycanthropy. So he had that issue under control and everything was fine until whatever was listening to you realized that you knew too much, shattered the amulet and forced a transformation so you were locked in a room with a werewolf. But thankfully, Langley remembered a ritual that would 
help get him back under control that Enoch was able to complete. But not until, not until after Stax got bit. Don't worry, Stax is fine. Rolled really well on the tough roll that he... Yeah, I think you, you got like a 10 or something, like, yeah, you're fine. I mean, your arms are messed up between the scratches and the bite marks, but you're not a werewolf. So, that's the important part. You don't have another curse. And I believe that has us all caught up. I feel like this recap happened in canon in Alaric's apartment with all of us here, and Stax had made a PowerPoint. <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> Just so we could all be on the same page and all up to speed about everything that's going on. Langley's there. Everyone's there. Yeah. Hey, Brian, do you, do you want to give Morgan the DL on what Alaric finds out about Enoch? Oh, yes. I think that's when the slide pops Enoch's face. And you just see a question mark that says, Enoch. And then an X, and then the picture comes up again, but it actually shows him in shaman robes and without his mask on, and it says, Methuselah. Real age, unknown. Possibly from the beginning of man? Yeah, Enoch was there at what was called the Tower of Babel, and some things that he calls demons, they're not really demons, they're just beings from another plane. Yeah, they're the ones that caused the tower to fall and... Enoch to become the immortal revenant you see now. Yeah, how long, can you remember that bro the book that broke your nose in the archives? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was the only book that they had on a topic you were looking for, and it was on the Tower of Babel. Yeah, I remember I took it out and I read it, or I pocketed it for later, but yeah, it broke my nose. It was a fun moment. I just want to say this for canon now. It's like, Enoch's gonna be like, wait, you found my book? <laughs> yeah, here it is. And I toss you the book. <laughs> Still like a teeny little bit of blood on it. A little bit of Alaric's blood on it. But Alaric, you will notice Enoch does not have a mask on anymore. Alright. So a lot's happened since I've been dealing with all the problems from the council falling apart. Yes, my little magical friend. I will say, Alaric, uh, you've been able to find a couple of the books. Basically, any of the books that will help you in the upcoming situation, you haven't found yet. <laughs> you were able to find a couple other books just through, like, tracking things down. You can't figure out how they got there, but... Just there's a lot of chatter when those books just show up somewhere. So you're able to track down a couple and there might have been a day when you opened the door and there were a couple more in a box on your front porch. That's actually when you guys are coming in for the meeting, you see me like taking that new box into the into my apartment and setting it down on the table, trying to figure this out. And But when you guys see Alaric as we're doing this stuff, he just looks, he's got dark you know rings under his eyes he is he is exhausted from going all over the place and dealing with everything and he just kind of just sitting there as you're kind of running him through everything that has transpired from the beginning to now what, what do we got for leads 
we've got a number. We have uh, your wizard from the wizard council. We have my uh, higher up from the sweepers. We have anyone involved with Enoch's history. Also stacks my arms. My arms are messed up. Like, like just gauze. Very heavily bandaged. Do you want me to try to use some magic on that? See if I can help speed the healing process? No, it's fine. I it was mean... just a werewolf. It's fine. <laughs> we No, it's fine. So if you see here, this diagram, <laughs> and I'm just like completely not concerned. Full on conspiracy board going on. Yeah. Oh yeah, got my red string. This is why I find you humans so fascinating. Yeah. Why is that Enoch or Methuselah? Like, what do I call you now? <laughs> you may call me Enoch. Methuselah was from a time past. But it's the color of the string. You use the red string of fate to dictate your ideas. It's, I think it's funny. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> <laughs> I think I would just sit so quietly. <laughs> not, not gonna lie, I feel like the red string is just, um, you raided it from this craft stash. You know, Alaric, this reminds me of what, back when I was a human, they called the joke. We should make up a tree and branch. Yeah, I don't, I don't think Eat that's... Up just awkwardly laughs to himself. <laughs> ha, ha, ha. That is a good, the joke. Langley's on it's... the forward giggling. <laughs> Langley spent too much time with Enoch. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Langley has written down everything you've had to say. Like, you guys have had extensive... Also, Langley is actively taking notes during this scene. Yes. Yeah, unfortunately, yes. Emily couldn't join us, but Langley is still going to be an important Langley's NPC. Here. Until y'all get to the fight, then Langley's staying home. I think anytime Langley gets around him still, you see Alaric kind of like tense up just because of the, the sword fight that they had. <laughs> like, he knows it wasn't them, but still, like... like uh. Yeah. Also, I feel like there's probably like a moment when Alaric just stretches and your shirt rides up like just enough to show like the scar across yeah. your stomach yeah it's a pretty wicked scar too yeah yeah that's what you get when you try not to kill your friends and they're trying to kill you I said I'm sorry I know it wasn't you but damn I don't want to be uh, you know we've, we've fought we fought big bad wolves we've fought Faye, we fall, and the only time I've come close to death in the past few months is to your blade. So, <laughs> I hate to see you when you're really trying to kill me. Oh, wait, you were. <laughs> Langley is now hiding in the kitchen because they're embarrassed. <laughs> so, they're just making tea. Enoch. Yes. Don't ever piss off Langley. They are very skilled with the blade. Enoch just looks at Langley and goes, But I like the Langley. I do too. I'm, I'm just letting you know. Stay on their good side. <laughs> Maybe we can just throw them at the demons. 
Let them lead the charge. No. <laughs> oh, you meant literally throw them. I, th I just meant like let them lead the charge. Yeah, that sounds great. <laughs> Only was that easy. Yeah. <sighs> that was a good the joke. But in all seriousness, Mrs. Stacks, Alaric, this is very dangerous what we have in front of us. What is to happen? I always feared I would face this moment by myself. I was prepared to give my life, but I want to live. I want to see tomorrow with you too. It's been a long time since I've had a friend. The last time I called something a friend was a pine cone with little googly eyes. <laughs> <laughs> so it's been a very long time since I could trust someone. Enoch turns to Alaric and goes, Alaric, you were the first person to restore my faith in humanity to restore my drive. Then looks at Mrs. Stax. And Mrs. Stax, with your strength, you showed me the way that you can have misfortune fall upon you, but you can rise above it. Because of you both, I've shed my shame. I'm ready to meet tomorrow. I mean, I'm both honored and slightly depressed with the googly eye comment, but <laughs> thank you for those kind words. I mean, it sounds like you're given like a eulogy or something, like like things are about to go bad, but we got this. Langley pipes up. It didn't go well the last time. <laughs> he just holds his head down sadly. <laughs> well, first of all, that was all very, that was very sweet. Thank you. Um, and besides the pine cone, you have many horse here and many horses on the couch. Um, oh, um, many horse has eight legs. Oh yeah, many horse has a lot of legs. Eight legs, yes. I'll never get over that. You'll notice that he kind of looks just like a mini version of Slepner. Yeah. Many horses looks up, nods at you. That's right, Egastrill. No. Alaric, I'm not going to lie. I was prepared to give a eulogy. I would like to take you both somewhere very special because this is the next step in time for me to finally say goodbye to the past. It's to not free myself. It's not Olive Garden, is it? <laughs> when you're here, you're family. <laughs> no, I I kid I kid because it's just I deflect. You know, it's easier for me to deflect emotions, but I do appreciate what you're saying. No, my good friend, we are actually going to go what humanity considers the cradle of civilization. It's funny you all looked in those lands that they call Africa. Actually, where our tower was was what you would consider a Babel. I mean, is where it would be where you consider uh, Australia, where that vast desert of uh, the living rocks is. That was the cradle of civilization, where the first forms of life formed. It was beautiful. I need to take you there because 
I'm going to show you my family. Well, it's the crypt of my family, of the people I loved. Again, very sweet. That is a 30 hour flight. Enoch looks at you and goes, Oh, you might want to look outside your window real oh, quick. Oh, great. Hey, Enoch, as you're saying this, you get the sensation that you always do whenever there's a message appearing in the journal. Enoch happily pulls the journal out in front of Alaric. I will explain fully more about this in a second. I just have to read something. It just says, not yet. <sighs> I mean, if we need to go there and... And this is Alaric just not realizing you're talking about you may have a way. If his way doesn't work, we can always travel through the Fey Realm, there are paths that we can take through magic that can get us there quickly as well. Oh, my good Alaric, I've, I've finally started using magic again, and as they say, with a flick of the wrist and a little bibbidi bobbidi boo No, we don't say that. possible. We, we, we don't say that. And <laughs> that's... Mini horse just, like, face, like, head desk by with the couch cushion. In fact, we worked really hard to get away from that kind of... <laughs> this stacks, you will notice outside the window, you guys are at the Cradle of Civilization. Enoch just teleported the house. Uh, My apartment? Me, you, have to roll, you have to use roll Oh, for that, happily, sir. happily. Let me roll. Also, the what the note saying not yet was a DM comment about save that for later. Never mind. No, no, no. Then we will hold off on that. Yeah, we feel I, the house like don't teleport jerk my apartment back. <laughs> it'd be funny if you just teleport the whole apartment and like the whole apartment building and like people come out like I'm trying to get to work. Where the hell are we? No, by the time I get to the window, we're like back and I'm like open the curtain like wherever we wherever we need to go. It's, I'm sure it is very very important, and we are happy to do it. However, we are on a time crunch. And we have a lot of work to do. And I gesture to my string board. I'm working with Nash. We are trying to get as much information as we can. Also, I'm going to cash in a couple favors and see if I can get us some uh, new toys. So that is going to take a little bit of time. I still got to deal with all kinds of stuff in the community. Uh, Nora is helping me. Hopefully, Langley can help continue to help me keep things going. But there's a lot that the archivist and the the wizards have to deal with. So maybe just zipping there right this second isn't the best option. I'm going to be meditating, preparing myself. There's much to be ready for. Well, then, I think we can call this meeting officially done for the day. And I pick up the box of books, and I'm like, because I have to take these back to where they belong so the archivist can store them properly. Because you said this is a, this is before the month, right? This is, like, right after your guys' incident. Yeah. Yeah. So. Mm-hmm. And I think, I think yeah, I think of that, if, if there was nothing else in, the, in this particular meeting, Alaric would take the books. I don't think he would care if you guys were there. He would just, like, leave. Lock up before you go. And he, like, walks out to take the books back to the archivist. That's fair. And you have no issues getting there. They're thrilled to see these back, because these will kind 
like the major basis because their spells have to be like recast every so often doesn't fix every problem but it does fix several of them because those are a couple of days from lapsing you still have no idea how they ended up in front of your house until you see there's a little note tucked inside that says hope this will help I hope this will help you recognize the handwriting yeah whose handwriting is it is it from Enoch's book because I did see writing in that I did when we when we switched bodies. Remember, I had this the book and I saw there was. <laughs> well, no, I don't. You couldn't. You couldn't. Oh see no, her you're right. I could. Hits. I could just see his. That's right. But you still, you do recognize the handwriting from that first letter you received. It's not quite as flowery. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then also, like, as you flip it over, you see there's instructions for a ritual. I will. Take that note. I need to get back with Enoch on this. Fold it up, put it in my jacket. And these books, I've already read through them myself because while I had them, I figured I might as well like learn these spells. So that way I have access to them in my own arcane knowledge, my own bank as I put them in. It's big. It's big magic. Yeah. It's, it's impressive. You're probably like, that's how this place always moves. And like, that's how like no one can find it. And it's also, I am DMing you the notes for the ritual. I don't know why I decided ritual parts rhyme, but that's just how my brain decided okay. magic rituals work in this world, <laughs> just because it's easy to remember. It's a binding spell. And there's a little thing at the bottom saying, I'll let you know when. All right. So you also have time to gather these things. A lot of components of rituals are more symbolic, like symbolizing sometimes. Like for example, the garment of gold doesn't actually have to be a garment made of gold, but like gold color would be like the symbol, right? Yeah, like, yeah, just gold color, like as close as you can get because symbols are important mm -hmm. in magic. All right. So yeah, he puts that off to the side and keeps it <laughs> it makes a very silly outfit but it just popped in my head and stuck <laughs> i love the look of confusion on faces this is entertaining <laughs> <laughs> all right i'm putting in my notes right now boom got it and i like i said I tucked that away i've read through these books i passed them over to the archivist uh, I'm, I'm assuming it's a nora that i'm handing it to yeah hey Anything new that I need to know of that's going on? Any, anything I'm missing other than what we're dealing with? Any leads, any updates, any any information? Uh, there have been some leads that came in. We've got people checking on them. I mean, we've had a lot of false trails, so want to get things verified before we send you off again. She's been a little protective of you because you get the feeling she slightly blames herself she feels a little responsible for you almost dying which he's told her repeatedly it's not her fault like there's no way for any any of them to have known and bigger things are at play here and so i think i would just reiterate again Nora, you can stop looking at me like that this whole thing is not your fault you can't put the weight on yourself there you almost died 
That's not okay. And Langley was the one at the end of the blade. Do you see me blaming them? Just like you had no idea this was happening, they had no control over what was happening in the moment. The only person that's fault is the person who sent the Fae there and the Fae itself, which we have trapped at the moment, so. And you're going after whoever that was. Yeah, and we've already stopped them on several other occasions. Mrs. Stax and Enoch, we got this. Yeah, but you almost died the last time. And it's the nature of the game. <laughs> when you're dealing with supernatural threats, I mean, it's not like it's just going to sit still and not let you, or not harm you. you you got to be willing to take the risk if you want to make change. So that's what we're doing. It's not your fault. I mean, honestly, I should have been... I should have been more attuned when I came in. I could blame myself. But that's not going to solve anything either, so... Just move forward. Grumbles about why you always got the right on everything. Because I'm a wizard. Wizards are always right. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Except when they're not. There are some books that point out when they go wrong, like... The one wizard that we're chasing after right now. You know, good old, uh... Edith. I never liked that guy. I mean, nobody does. <laughs> I'll say, just like, before you leave, she's like, you're not allowed to die, by the way. I think you still technically owe me a drink. I know. I plan on getting it to you as soon as we finish this whole thing up. Work first. Fun later. Good, because if you die, I will resurrect you and kill you again. Seems fair. <laughs> I think that I think that, that spells in this book right here. <laughs> <laughs> you just hand it to her, she's just like, wait, that's actually? Yeah, well, I mean, gotta know what we're getting back so we can make sure we categorize it correctly, right? Um, you know there's like a back room in the archives that, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I know, but that's like me jokingly, like, pointing out, like, hey, like, you know, we gotta know this, but it's just so I can know what it is. Because yeah. <laughs> this is the first time we get access to these kind of spells, so... She just smiles and shakes her head. I'll get these files. You go. Don't die saving the world. Just don't die. <laughs> saving the world is a bonus. Alright. I'm out. And I'll turn and leave. And she just goes back and. Just gotta do whatever. <laughs> Stop blaming yourself! <laughs> Some like something smacks against the back of your head. She wadded up just like a piece of paper <laughs> and had no time threw it at you. Pretty impressive <laughs> aim considering you're like halfway across the room. Probably a little magic involved. Probably. Because it even stung a little bit. How did paper sting? <laughs> paper cut. <laughs> paper cut on the back of my head. Ow. Yeah, and then Alec will head off and uh, he'll end up planning on reaching out to Enoch at some point, but I'll let other people do some stuff if they want to. <laughs> so you start seeing what you can do to hunt down the rest of those books and keep working on how to use that thing to summon the big bad wolf, because that could be helpful. It could also go terribly wrong. Of course it could. <laughs> and we have the Fae Trap too, right? Yes. Yeah, the Fae was handed over to the sweepers, I think, to get interrogated. 
No. Oh. Okay, I was hoping to keep that too. <laughs> nah. Unleash the Fae. Nah. All right. So speaking of sweepers, Mrs. Tex, what do you spend the next month doing? So I imagine if Alaric's montage is a lot of testing magic and reading books late into the night and drawing diagrams and flipping through pages and trying to find all these components, mine is a lot of walking through offices and talking to people. And basically what I'm doing is I'm using the cover that someone infiltrated Nash's office and compromised his amulet. I'm using that cover with the higher levels that I'm trying to investigate that. I'm trying to investigate what happened there. But I'm actually trying to find information about our situation this trickster who's been triggering everything that's been happening with all these storybook entities. And I'm doing a lot of snooping where I'm not supposed to be snooping. I'm in a lot of file cabinets I'm not supposed to be in. I'm on a lot of laptops I'm not supposed to be on. I got Meredith in on this. She's helping me. Yeah. To certain degrees. There, There is no hesitation. Hell yeah, I'm in. Like, immediately. Like, she's so ride or die. Like, oh, it's so great. I got my um, mentor, Brooms, like, reluctantly in on this. Brooms is, is on it. She feigns reluctance. She actually takes it very personally. <laughs> yeah. And I'm just, like, sliding into offices, and I'm like, hey, remember how I saved you from a sea monster? Remember that? And I'm just calling in, like, every favor I've got very carefully. Because I don't know who's all involved with this. You do have Nash's list. Yes, and I have Nash's list. And maybe some items go missing from the sweeper archives, and maybe from the uh, weapons vault. Who knows? What do you think Stax takes? Oh, gosh. Definitely more stuff to deal with Fae, because the Fae have been coming up a lot in these situations. Mm -hmm. Anything stronger than what I have. So, GM, what do I get? Uh, that's a good question. I actually had a thought of... There's a move... I think it's, like, either professional or expert, the when I need, when I need it. Oh... I don't think that's a professional move. That might be an expert move, then. Um, where you roll to see if you have something on you. That might not be the exact name of it. It's... Hang on. Preparedness? Yeah, when you need something unusual or rare, you roll sharp. And you either have it or something close to it. Yeah. Okay. That's fun. So we'll let you have that. Thank you. It's the finale. I can it's bend the, the rules finale. a little bit. <laughs> so you'll essentially like get that to account for what you're able to gather. Nice. Nash has a couple of other people that he's very cautiously tapped to kind of help confirm which people on his list are most likely to compromise because he wants to make sure that when he has them all taken in 
I think it's all of them, or at least Everyone. all the ones that are in places of importance. So, yes, roll plus sharp, and I'll let you add. Oh, six, two sixes. I, you don't need to add. After about two weeks, you're able to help Roland get everyone. It is probably yes. more people than makes you particularly comfortable, and this yes. does freak out the rest of the organization. But with your help, Roland Nash is able to get every single compromised member of the Sweepers in one go. And it's so funny when that goes down and we cl- we clean house at the Sweepers. Stacks, I'm just like, I can't. I can't believe, you know, I'm I'm honestly kind of shocked it was this many people involved. And Brooms is like, I knew it. I always knew it. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a little unsettling, but when you think about it, people aren't perfect. And sometimes people start to lose sight of why they became a sweeper. It's one of those, like, stare too long into the void situations. Sometimes it changes people, and sometimes people might not have gone in with as pure of intentions as they thought they did. But you do feel a little better knowing that they are all out of the way. Yes. And unable to report back to their boss. Yes, and I think clearing things up like that actually makes it a lot easier to do some of the other things where I'm gathering info and comes. And also very carefully, because this is just in case, I set up, it's essentially if I don't send certain messages at a certain amount of time, my family will be informed that I have passed uh, my civilian self and my civilian life that my family, my very small family thinks, they think I live off the coast of New Zealand on a a scientific vessel and I study seabirds. So I just send them like photoshopped pictures of of the ocean and the coast of New Zealand. (laughs) So I've got that set up just in case, just seabirds, just like a weird seagull. And then I, and maybe I'm there and I'm like, maybe, you know, when this is all wrapped up and I'm with Meredith and I'm like, maybe we could go to New Zealand just, I don't know, as a vacation. Having Roland Bash as a friend has been kind of helpful because he helps, like, you notice your paperwork and requests are starting to go get approved yeah, a little faster, fast. including the paperwork you had to submit with HR. For my, my f- fake life cover-up. <laughs> Well, also, um, approval for dating a colleague. Oh, yeah. That was a lot of paperwork. Well, I don't know if it's quite as much approval as just, like, informing them, and just because that can get complicated, but it's... Fine. Also, not that it was going to stop you. As I said before, Meredith would not be stopped. Yeah, maybe some tentative plans. Yeah, you, you have future plans. You can't die. You have plans. Also, probably the same conversation Meredith says she'll kill me if I die, so... <laughs> yes. Yes. 
she yeah she's also she also crumbles up some form and throws it at me and i'm like ow <laughs> <laughs> it that it actually hits you in the ow. forehead <laughs> no paper cut that time i'll also say at some point like you also receive a letter the second you look at it you know exactly who it's from Mm, it smells like gingerbread. <laughs> yeah, that that some of those side effects Her. stick around a little bit, but um, there are things to yeah. smell vaguely like. With a faint, angry jingling of jingle bells, I open the letter. Inside, you see, there's like a couple of different recipes for things to stick in bullets. Oh, fun. Or to coat bullets in, as well, and other weapons. And you also get a ritual. Okay. And on it, there's the name of someone who would make a very good Mrs. Claus. With a nice little note, please wait until afterwards. P.S. Apologies again. Sure. You now have the ability to shove it off onto someone else. Question. Do you do it now or do you wait until after? I feel like my magic is somehow tied to her. I feel like if I do it now, it's going to mess something up. Or maybe me having that effect on me helps us in some way. I I just, I like, I don't want to jinx it. Which is weird, because I don't. I'm not superstitious. <laughs> That's the Christmas magic. <laughs> You've also had a specifically weird past several months, so you might be getting a little superstitious. Getting a little, little superstitious. Still recovering from the trauma that happened in the library. <laughs> also, I can't just dump this on somebody. This has to be somebody who wants it. Somebody who wants to be... And, like, I have some people on, on file. We, we tested some people, but maybe I can find someone out there who really, really wants it. So, yeah, you now have a leg up. Your organization is completely clean of spies. And you're feeling like you'll be pretty well prepared for whatever the hell is going to happen soon. Don't know what's going to happen, but we're going to be ready. As you're just, like, shoving these weird concoctions into bullets, like, Meredith's helping with the mixing, you're, <laughs> like, doing the loading and the coating, and... She's like, it's like we're witches! I'm like, no, it's not magic. Uh-huh. Not. <laughs> as, as you've got, like, Buffy the Vampire Slayer on. Yeah, like, holy water and, and, like, bright blue lids and crystals, and I'm, like, grinding up a crystal, and I'm like, no, this isn't magic. Meredith. <laughs> Alaric, you get this weird feeling like I think Stax is doing magic things. <laughs> my nose like tingles. <laughs> <laughs> and that's my month. And Enoch, what does your month look like? Okay, I was doing a bunch of research around homework here to make sure I say all of this right. So Enoch has gone to his gone to the cradle civilization, as I said, and but what he has done is he is grabbing some items that he stored away from a very long time ago. 
and he's changing his clothes as he's looking at the pictures of all of his family, and each one has a goblet of a special liquid in them. And so Enoch removes his robes, and he puts on what looks like a sleeveless leather studded studded vest, and has like a fur rim along the collar of it. Enoch just goes, My buck is strong. And then he puts on these peculiar striped yellow and red striped pants, and then these black leather boots. And he starts going about the room, wiping his arms like this. It's called the Eagle Dance. For people who know their history, what I, I have just described is Enoch has just put on a Mongolian wrestling buck uniform, and he's just mentally preparing himself for what is to come. And what that is, is now he's just... To the untrained eye, Enoch looks like he's been just stationary. But the closer you get, you're going to notice there's a gigantic pool of sweat underneath him. Because he's just been fighting against the image of one of those beings again. And for an entire month, Enoch has just been in his Bach wrestling stance. And it looks like he's not doing anything, but in reality, he's moving every single muscle to its utmost degree and before Enoch was really big but when you guys will see him now he's literally become like skin and bone but it's because his muscles have compressed so much it's as if the pressure has become so strong on them that they could snap at any moment but the payoff is Enoch could literally his punch will be the equivalent of like a shotgun blast Amazing. I call it adamantium. <laughs> so that has been Enoch's month. And I imagine like finally when his mental alarm clock goes off for the month, he stops and just the whole room is just filled with an unnatural amount of steam from that's billowing off Enoch. Gross. <laughs> And like I said, his muscles have contracted, but so that actually kind of has made him shorter. Enoch went from being like nine feet tall. To now he's five foot. Just really dense. <laughs> he, he shrunk a lot. Condensed himself. <laughs> As the time starts drawing closer... And just because it seems like a cool scene. Enoch, do you think you would have like gone back to hang out with your friends when you're like, it's probably getting close and we should travel together? Oh, yeah. Uh, he'll go to Alaric first. And Alaric, you noticed a super small Enoch. And like I said, he's still wearing his Bach uniform. Actually, I wouldn't recognize you. Knock on my door and I'd be like, um... Hey, I, hey, Alaric. Do I know you? It's me. It's Enoch. No. <laughs> Did you get body swapped again? This is my, um, I believe you people would call it your battle form. <laughs> so wait, this is your battle form, but your nine foot muscular terrifying is your normal form? Yes. Big things come in small packages. <sighs> I feel like maybe... Stax walks up around this time. <laughs> you just... As we're talking, Allard just pulls out his phone and he's like, and I snap a picture and I send it to Mrs. Stax and I'm like, guess who this is? 
<laughs> and I'm like, I'm driving. That's Enoch in his battle form. And I put quotations battle form like that around it. <laughs> I picture Meredith is in the passenger seat and she's doing like the actual texting for him. He says that's Enoch. Sin what? It's just a string of question marks. But yeah, we get there in the sweeper van. And are y'all on like the stoop or I guess we come in? No. I think we'd be in my living room watching TV. Maybe like cartoons or something. Because <laughs> I feel like that'd be something Enoch would enjoy and Alaric would as well. Just watching Scooby-Doo. Yeah. <laughs> Enoch has like two chairs positioned. He's just doing like a split kick in between them, holding himself up. This is fun. Okay. Well, Meredith, forget everything I told you. Uh, all right. That's new Enoch. Battle form, Enoch. Battle form. Battle form. So. Hi, Mrs. Stax. So all your your all your power is just condensed. Exactly. Including his height. Huh. In my hand. <laughs> I, I don't think you would want that. <laughs> I don't think so. You're strong and depressed. I want to see. Mm. Um. So, e Enoch is going. Enoch is going to go and say, instead of putting your hand at risk, let's let's go outside and find a big rock real quick or a tree. I feel like Meredith was just standing in the door. She takes out a coin, like flicks it, and it like bounces off Enoch and slams into the wall. I'm like, yeah, don't let him hit you. Dense. Okay. All right. And that's when Enoch goes, ooh, even better example, pulls the coin from the wall and just using his two <laughs> two fingers, he makes it the coin into a ball and then hands that to Mrs. Stacks. There you go. All right. Impressive. All right, let's, uh, so I got a fun little note. Actually, I got one was with the books that were delivered to me when we last saw all each other with a ritual on the back. Ooh, and my favorite entity, they did tell me they would let me know when and where, so I'm assuming that has to do with your ritual here. Well, hmm. we got the when. We should get to the where. Where is the where? Enoch, you realize you're getting an, you've got another message in the journal. Enoch pulls out his journal and looks at it. And all of you can see it. He puts the book down on the table so everyone can look at the book. The one time you all can see her handwriting, and I think you might even be able to see other notes that she sent him that you weren't able to see in the past. E Enoch blushes, so his face kind of goes like an offset purple, because <laughs> he's normally blue. <laughs> and he's just, just ignore those, please. And it just says, it's time to go back to where this all began. I'll meet you there. <sighs> and there's a little, like, glyph at the end. And you recognize it as it was a little glyph or a mark, and you're like, kind of like a little nameplate thing. It was on the tower. I said that because I realized y'all might think that is exactly what I <laughs> thought. That is exactly what Stax thought. And it was just like, no. 
It's like, oh, okay. just hands Mrs. Stack a candy cane. <laughs> oh, it's just Australia. Okay, Australia's fine. We are. We can go to Australia. Australia's, we go to Australia, yeah. <sighs> Two of you wouldn't recognize what that symbol means, Enoch does. Enoch looks at Mrs. Stacks and Olerk and goes, we have to go... To the North Pole. To my beginning. Oh. She should really, like, specify. Yeah, she should have clarified. Have any of you ever had any interest of going to the lands Australia? I kind of look at Meredith. I mean... Yeah, around there. I mean, it's pretty much just like a, a death trap, isn't it? I mean, you go there, like, a lot of things kill you. Yeah, I'm sitting <laughs> this one out. You go save the world, babe. You're great. N- no. <laughs> Mini horse, protect Meredith. Mini horse just looks up like... Solemn nod. Stay out of my... And stay out of my cabinet. She's just like, ooh, spider horse? <laughs> she just immediately walks up and starts petting Mini horse. <laughs> The mini horse just looks at you, Alaric, like, I'm going in your shelves now. <laughs> I'm going in the cupboards now. I just feel like mini horse is always going into my my, my stuff and, like, snatching, like, my snacks. Like, like, my cheese puffs or whatever it is I have in her, at the hand and just, like, tearing into stuff. Always, always, no matter where you hide them. So, my friends, this, you know, you don't have to continue on. You can just stay here. I mean, everything that whoever's behind this has put me through personally, I'm not sitting this one out anymore. I've been on the sidelines enough for this last month just running, like, just trying to keep things afloat. I I want to put this to bed. I want to end this. Ah, and, you, you know, this is really good narratively because I forgot to tell you what my actual level up move I took was. Because and this will be really cute too, because Enoch locks his arm with Alaric and with Mrs. Stax and goes, You know, in this day and age they call people who do things like this idiots, but I'm lucky because I have you and we're all a bunch of idiots. So let's go and save the world. Wait no. Save the universe. That sounds much cooler. And Enoch uses angel wings! Ah, I love that ability. Oh, you stole that from the mm-hmm. divine player. Take it. Give me the yes, roll. Yes, happily. Give me the roll. If there's more than one, if it's if it's more than one yep. person, you have to roll. And if it's partial success, you all get yep, separated. Yep, yep, yep. Oh, that Let's could be do interesting. This. <laughs> Guess what, guys? That's a twelve. Oh, what does it look like as Enoch teleports you all? Oh, so. It looks weird because we just seem like parts of us start to like go invisible and fade as if we're going into a matter transporter. And Enoch just has a big smile as it literally feels like we're all lifted off the ground and we're getting pulled through like an energy portal. It looks like what they would best describe as warp speed. We just see a little billowing light as it gets closer and closer and closer. You see what Enoch was describing as the cradle of civilization. You see this vast desert with these giant moving rocks, growing moving rocks. And fun fact, scientifically, that is actually a real thing. This this is actually a debated thing if this was the real cradle of civilization. So, and boom, we're there.
You have been listening to Pseudonym Solo Adventures Holiday Brigade, a holiday-themed Monster of the Week adventure featuring Brian from Dungeons & Pop, Morgan from Mind Flayed Mondays, and Jess from Ballad of the Seven Dice. I have been your DM and producer, and if you enjoy this, feel free to check out our other shows over at Pseudonym Social. You can support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash pseudonymsocial and follow us on Twitter at pseudonymsocial. Stay tuned next time to see what happens to the Holiday Brigade.